Episode 71 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike sitting here with my boys ready to talk some wrestling. Not only are we back, but John Moxley is back delivering an unbelievable promo on AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. GCW was last night. Plus, an unbelievable name change from WWE that we need to catch up on. It's kind of old news, but we haven't commented on it yet with the fellas. And But before we get into all that good talk, Let's introduce everyone. Over in Glendale, somebody who keeps it regal, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grubby? Mike, you lack machismo. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly do. <laughs> it is Monday. I need to I need to get revved up here. I, I thank you for calling me out, my friend. It's all right, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you, my man. All right, let's cruise down to Bayview. Talk to a dude who does not lack machismo, somebody who keeps it freshly <laughs> squeezed. Mr. Matt Michelson, how are you, Matt? I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, really. It's, it, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, shit. Couldn't be better. You're looking great, too, Matt. Beard is coming in thick. It's, uh, yeah, it's a force to be reckoned with. Fucking A. I thought you just, like, shaved it a little while ago, didn't you? Yeah, I'm like Tim Allen in the Santa Claus. I shave, and then it just reappears. <laughs> Unlike me, <laughs> if I shave my beard, it takes about a half a year to grow back. Hmm. You're looking like the brawny man tonight. Yeah. yeah the flannel shirt <laughs> the is definitely the, does The mounty. It's the mounty. <laughs> the mounty always gets us, man. <laughs> hey, don't screw up next week's promo. Or uh, intro. Exactly. Gotta love it for our for our uh, listeners who are not seeing the video version of this podcast. You can just use your just imagination. Im- imagine a luxurious beard. Very luxurious. If you will, you'll be I able to it. you'll be able to buy the live version or the streaming version for yeah. nine ninety nine soon on our YouTube channel. Yeah, for yeah. Fan, for fans only or whatever that is. Only, only fans. fans. Only fans. Yeah, shows what C- I know. CC C- Scarlet Bordeaux. Over in Bayview also is my guy, Dustin Runnels' best friends. <laughs> oh my god! It's Charlie Michael. <laughs> oh god. MDK all fucking day. <laughs> little GC, little GC little GCW energy from last night. Hell yeah, dude. Maybe we should start off with that up top. I mean I didn't know that this show was really going on because of how much football was going on uh, this weekend. And I was surprised Charlie was tuning in because there was a lot of great football games on this weekend. But fuck it. We had yeah, some was... great wrestling on, on Sunday. Did you have it going yeah, was... on also? Charlie, yeah. Well, football I was... games while you're watching? Yeah, I, was... I had that on my like my little um, pad and I was watching the... Uh... Using my TV to to watch the GCW show, I'd been kind of looking forward to it because it's mm-hmm. uh, they had a lot of. I watched part of the one before, and they had just a lot of their homegrown talent. But this was a bigger show where they brought a lot of guys in. It's 
like their I wouldn't say WrestleMania, but it's one of their bigger shows. And so I wanted right. to see it because it's it's kind of the hot new product coming up and it's kind of wow. good to get in and see if it's something that's uh, appealing, you know. Absolutely. And it w- and it took place at the Hammerstein, which is uh, yep. a legendary wrestling venue for ECW fans. And uh, Ring of Honor, in yep. Philadelphia in Ring in Ring of Honor in Philadelphia. Uh, no, so it's, a, it's crowd- in New York. It's it's in New York, bro. Hammerstein's in New York. Oh, near, I, I didn't I actually thought it was in Philly too. No, it's <laughs> near. It's in New York near uh, MSG. Oh, I'll be damned. Fuck my ass. It is in New York, not Philadelphia. <laughs> but um, yes. So we had a hot show. There, there was a lot of guests that came out last night. Also, um, X Pac I heard came out. We had. Yep. Uh, Virgil making an appearance. That's <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. It was, it was a ni- it was a nice shoot. Um, in the main event or in the match, they had uh they had they go well. We got Vince here, and they were like Vince, you know, he's here. Then all of a sudden they play No Chance in Hell, and a guy comes out in an old in a, like one of those masks, wow. like in a Vince mask, and he takes it off, and it's Virgil. It was inter- oh my god! Was, That's it hilarious. A, it was a thoroughly entertaining show, dude. I mean, it was wow. It had a it had a good ECW feel. The crowd was electric. A lot of good surprises. A lot of good shooting on um, uh, WWE with different stuff they did. It was it was a good show, you know. The only let only letdown was probably the uh, I want to say the main event. One of the problems is they were short for time because they had a hard stop at. 10 mm, o'clock, I think, yeah, yeah, 11. So I think they only had like 10 or 12 minutes to do the match. And by the time mm. they got through all the inter- introductions and the surprise guests and all that, it was kind of an abrupt ending. So there wasn't a oh, lot of time. And, you know, it's like for marks like me, um, you know, I was looking for like Red Dragon after a while. So maybe Red Dragon will come. And then I was thinking originally FTR would come. But, you know, for that show, for their hardcore followers, so for Matt, Matt uh, Nick Gage and Matt Tremont coming out was uh, a big deal. So, for you know, if I knew more about the products, I've seen Tremont before, but but you know these guys aren't aren't the best looking guys in the in the world. You know, if you see them, you'd be like, that dude's a wrestler. You know, it's it's you know it's locally local independent talent looking with Gage and his look, and Tremont's a really big dude. You know, and he just. Mm-hmm. That's like a wrestler, but it, you know, it, he's the, one of their king or hardcore guys, and it's they tore some shit up. It was it could have been longer if they had. It could have been better if they had fifteen or twenty minutes, fifteen to twenty minutes to really get all their shit in because it was it was pretty fucking hardcore, dude. These dudes were taking straight old school chair shots to the head, door. You know, their big thing is they don't use tables there a lot. They use doors. Hmm. They put, yeah, dude, it's cool. They put do, put dudes through like wooden doors, dude, and they're banging each other on the head with the fucking door. It's like, it's did just pe- crazy. Did the pizza cutter come out? He tried. His manager tried to get it out, but uh, Briscoe uh, kicked kicked the manager off the uh, fucking apron. But so they they didn't even have time to do all you know all Nick Gage's greatest hits. You know they were cutting for time. They were they were cutting it close for time. Uh, Cardon Card. What's it, Cardi Cardona? He yeah. came out pretty as a he did a really good job as a heel coming out, you know, uh coming out to the Sandman song, you know, and you know, wow. singing understand, you know, because you know, it's a whole ECW feeling. Mm-hmm. So he so you know, he's like the 
worst generic WWE wrestler back in the day. And he comes out, you know, hardcore drinking beer, and they, you know, they got a they got a sponsorship with PBR, so it's kind of it's kind of cool. So he comes out drinking PBR and just getting the crowd crowd riled up. It was it was a good time. GCW Fuck. is crazy. I mean, it, it's yeah, just it's so nuts. interesting because. I feel like we've kind of been aware of it ever since it started. For our listeners out there who aren't familiar with GCW, which probably isn't many of you, because if you're listening to this podcast, you're really into wrestling. Um, but GCW, I think, really first got noticed when Dark Side of the Ring did an episode about Nick Gage because they extensively talked about GCW during that episode. And then we saw Nick Gage on AEW Dynamite in a match against Chris Jericho. And then suddenly Matt Cardona rolls up as this amazing heel character in GCW, which nobody saw coming. No. I feel like that was really the moment that people started to take notice of GCW. And now you get these great shows like what Charlie was just talking yeah, about. Was, so yeah. Definitely something to follow if you're wanting to get into the more niche indie style wrestling. This is the yep. promotion. Yeah, just kind of look at the card. The kind of I would say, look at the card, see who's coming, and then go from there. Because you like, I watched the one before that, and it was mostly their guys, and it's a, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty violent, dude. Like my buddy Scott, he's been a GCW fan for like the last three years, and he, we, he, uh, shout out to Scott, Cigar Shop Scott. He listens mm-hmm. every once in a while. Um, he would show me stuff. You know, we'd be at the cigar shop, and he'd have matches on, and he had like a some kind of subscription plan with them and he showed me matches dude it's it's yeah it's it's not for you, the faint of heart no if you thought the bunny maybe pushed the limit with her bleeding <laughs> and he and aew does too much bleeding this ain't this ain't the show for you dude it almost feels like a basement show like you know kinda, like underground dude, like you kind of got to have the password to get in or whatever it's, you know it's kind of dude it was you know most of their shows are like they have chairs around the ring, but everybody stands. They're like, it's like in a ballroom kind of, dude. It's like if you were to take for, you know, for the look for you guys here, if you were to take Turner Hall and everybody's on the floor, there's no upper or lower, everybody's mm-hmm. standing around it and just drinking beer, going nuts, light <laughs> tubes are being busted. The way life everywhere. should be. Mm-hmm. It's fucking nuts, dude. Some of the, wow. some of their hardcore shit's just, it's, it takes a lot, but this was this was the perfect show for someone like me to get um, acclimated to watching the whole show through because it wasn't it wasn't too crazy, you know. They okay. have a they got some good characters, some good guys. The 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 thing of their shows, the crowds just so into it, they just make the show because there's a guy that comes out to Journey, they're singing his song. There's a guy who comes out. There's Tremont song, but there's a guy who comes out to. Um, Good, he's gay. He comes out the goodbye to Yellow Brick Road. His uh, his name's Effie. <laughs> wow, he's fucking mm. Effie. Fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, heard of him? Did yeah, he wrestle Jarrett? Yeah, yeah. Jarrett went over on him. So, but it's it's just it was good, you know. Wow. Hey, I maybe they're kind of like sensing like they have some momentum and they oh, they have, have some tight, momentum. Tight, tighten up the screws a little bit with you know everything, and this could be the yep. promotion probably rising up. Oh yeah, totally. I have a feeling that a lot of you know AEW is letting a lot of guys' contracts expire. Mm-hmm. So I bet some of these guys jump here, depending on what Ring of Honor does. They'll they'll wow. go there. I mean, the sell the sell at the Hammerstein's a big deal. You know, wow, that's yeah. that's a big deal for them. So it was a good show. I that's highly awesome. recommend it. 
Oh yeah, there was Leo Rush wrestled the guy Blake Christian. Um, I forget his name, but he was in NXT. If you Google Blake Christian, you'll you'll find his NXT name. He was that was really they had a great match. This was probably the best technically worked wrestling match on the show where they're just going at it, countering each other. Just it was really good. It was like how did this guy? You see this guy, and it's like. How the fuck did he get cut from NXT and some of the guys that they have there? It's like he's smaller. Don't get me wrong. He's like he's, they list him as five ten. So he might be five nine, five eight, between five eight and five ten. But just a good fucking hand, a young guy that's that seems like he's got potential. I wouldn't be surprised in a few years he jumps over to AEW. He's 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 really good. That's interesting. And just for our listeners out there, if you were wondering, I did Google it. Um, apparently, his name was Trey Baxter during his time in NXT. I don't yeah. remember him at all. I don't either. I think he, rest- I think he wrestled some 205s. I think he was on NXT. He did some jobs. So I don't think he was like featured, but the matches that he had were, I think I might have seen it once. It was pretty good because I remember his look. But, you know, but it's like, for like some of the guys they got going, like uh, what's the Crow Magnum dude looking? This guy's oh. a way <laughs> he's a way better worker than that guy, you know. Yeah, Von, good old Von Wagner. Von Wagner, yeah, exactly. Good for a while, be- not much else. Uh, uh, he's a, he's better worker than uh, Braun Breaker, you know. To be honest, <laughs> fucking a. Awesome. And Moxley was on this show, wasn't yep, he? Mo- yeah, Mox was good. He held it. He he uh he held it. He wrestled Homicide. He kept the title. Pretty good match. Nothing too crazy, but a good match. He's over, dude. He dude. Ah oh, man, I gotta Google. I was gonna Google that. If he comes out to some fucking really cool song in GCW, I don't know what it is, but it's a cool. It's a whole different song. You never you've never heard him on use on AEW. You know, he, he wears, yeah, he has a different look where he's like wearing black, some uh, kind of black pants. It's not, it's a totally, totally different gimmick, man, which is really cool that it's not, oh, that's he's awesome. just not, he's just not doing the same shit at an AEW show that he does at GCW. So it's really, it's really cool. So it makes it work like, oh, I'm going to, if you were live, hey, I can get a ticket and go see this because it's not going to yeah. be, it's. Same kind of style wrestling and all that, but it's just a different look and a few different things. He's a little more crazier, so it was good. It's kind of like an NBA player playing in the NBA and then going to like street basketball on the playground yep. and doing his yep. own thing and yep. his own yep. style. It's got to be super refreshing. Good for him. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, like yeah, seeing like you like said, seeing an NBA player go to like some of the courts in New York and play, you know, in a right. five on five tournament kind of thing. Pick up game. Cool. Yep. Hell yeah. Good shit. Yeah, Good shit. I mean, it was su- super refreshing to see John Moxley back on the mic on AEW Dynamite. Goes, I mean, leads off the show, coming out. Um, some fan was heckling him, too, right off the bat. Drops a F-bomb right up top in total great John Moxley fashion, which yeah. is great. I mean, way to start strong. Um, I don't even know what that fan was saying. Did anybody read about like what the deal was with that at all? Yeah, there was a few reviews yeah. that talked about it. Um, I don't remember it's the exact wording, so I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but it was basically they called him a drunk and said to get him out of there. Yeah. Like, yeah, basically, Holy I think it was like, cow. get this fucking piece of trash out of the ring or something like that. No way. No, no. I didn't know any of this. This yep. is crazy. Wow, what a dick. Yep. Well, John put him in his place, just like any great stand-up comment trying to cush his bit. And, um, yeah, he, he pretty much delivered the promo of the year so far this year of 2022. It's really um, good. 
Yeah, I mean, he was very open, kind of vulnerable, but also in a strong way. And um, I thought he nailed it. I mean, totally fucking Simone Biles off of a vault, sticking <laughs> the landing. So it was crazy. That was a great promo. Steve, you, yeah, Steve, you saw this. What would you think, bro? No, I, I mean, you said it perfectly. I think that it was just, you know, he was clearly fired up. He looked like a million bucks. Dude's really leaned out. Like, I mean, he was not, he wasn't in bad shape by any means before, but dude is trim. Like, clearly he spent that time, like, just, pumping out as like you know as part of his therapy or whatever because he yeah he looked great um, yeah i did not even he, just um, his figure but like his face and yeah it looks like yeah. he's five years younger yeah it's, it's good yeah and he just yeah he said you know he, yeah it was like it was perfect moxley it's not like he came out there and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with this i'm just saying like it's not like he like uh you know was like super emotional or anything but he was just fired up and he was just mm -hmm. yeah it was just a good promo and it was like um i'm trying to remember details of it other than well, it he's real pretty much he got talks, the, yeah go ahead yeah he talks it's he's talking about the demon demon he was basically talking about the demon over him but he said sounded like he got in some kind of accident and like the demon was there which is mm -hmm. the demon if you know i'm in recovery recovery kind of an alcoholic uh so that demon's like his alcoholic disease they're saying mm -hmm. hey you're not going to get out. You think you're going to get all this money and all this fame and get out of life fine and keep drinking and basically keep drinking, keep partying and nothing unscathed? No, you're going to have to deal with me. You know, and he's he's dealing with that demon and he'll continue to deal with that demon for the rest of his life, you know, but he seems like he has an idea and a plan how to deal with it. But that's basically what I took out of it as he's talking about his alcoholic demon there um, uh, being there over him. You know, and it's kind of good. It's kind of cool that he uh, jumped on it from that. If it's true, if the story's true from his accident, and he jumped on it right away and, and fixing this problem, it's no, it's uh, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And as much as as much as you can tell from afar, because we don't know these people, it seems like just from the way Renee Young or Renee Paquette talks, they seem to be in a really good place too. Like she has been just open and, and super supportive. So, you know, I'm sure it was a strain on the family, like him, his demons, but they seem to be like a united front on it. And um, that's awesome to see I mean, the little, we get the glimpse into their life. We, like I said, we don't know them. It seems like they have a healthy relationship that I'm sure helped him get through this so far. I agree. I, I listened to Renee Paquette's podcast, like I've mentioned before, and it, yeah, you can tell that she really has just stuck by him and just not wavered at all, um, which hats off to her like that is that's got to be a difficult position to be in. I personally have never been in that spot, but just I have to imagine like the thoughts and things she must be dealing with are not easy things to deal with. So I'm just really happy to see John Moxley back in the ring. And the fact that, I mean, obviously he's doing better guy looks amazing. Like we've said, and he had his first match actually on rampage, uh, this past Friday night against all ego, Ethan page, um, great match. Good first match back. Obviously mm -hmm. that he, I think before, um, going away for a little while, he was hinting towards turning heel, but given everything he's gone through and now that he's back, I don't think that that's going to happen for a while. So no. we saw him go over against Ethan Page on Friday on Rampage, um, which I think was the right choice. You know, fans wanted to see him win. Um, at the same time, they made it seem like, yeah, he's a little rusty. He's got yeah. a little bit of work to do coming back. Um, it's been a little while. So, you know, we'll we'll see where he goes next. But I, so far, everything's looking good. And just I'm just happy he's back on TV. 
I like, uh, I think, in, you know, like AEW, like often has really good, like the announcers, like a good announced team should help tell the tale. And I think those announcers on Friday did a nice job of playing up the, that he's rusty. And um, Taz is always outstanding. We talked about that the other week. I think Jericho is good too. Like I, I, like I remember he had a few lines in that match for kind of speaking to the rustiness or kind of speaking to, cause he's got history with Mox and like, you know, I like that when they kind of acknowledges that Moxley beat him, therefore he must be good. And I don't know. It was just <laughs> the whole, the whole presentation was really good. He struggled because he was rusty. The announcers played that up. Well, all ego was, was a good opponent. Um, and then, I mean, if we're, yeah, to segue into the next part of this, um, Brian Danielson was waiting outside the ring for him and kind of just gave that him that, cool. like, that, he just gave him that smug ass smirk and that's all he did. So uh, where it goes from here, we don't know for sure, but that'll be, that'll be a hell of a program. That's perfect. Oh, I love your comments, boys. Um, is, I just have a question for you. Because this is such news to me about a fan actually getting that belligerent with John Moxley, do you think it was in any way, shape, or form a plant where a fan would say that and then Tony Khan would pay the fine for John Moxley dropping the F-bomb just for, um, you know, get, you know, Twitter talking and Facebook talking? I, I don't, because I don't think they'd mess with that moment. They were so good about it. And plus, yeah, no. fans are assholes. I mean, there's people yeah, that yeah. do that. I mean, there's people that yell shit at Nyla Rose for, you know, being transgender or Sunny Kiss. Um, yeah, this isn't the Hammerstein in uh, Philadelphia or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, Mike, you, it's a fair question. That thought actually did cross my mind. I I don't feel like it was a plant um, for two reasons. One, Dave Meltzer made a really good point, which is every crowd has one. And mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. was the one guy. Oh, the yeah. Crowd. Um, the other. Always. Yeah. The other point I would say um, is, uh, Steve, Mike, I don't know which one of you guys just mentioned this a moment ago, but I feel like John Moxley standing in the ring and the fan starts lashing out at him and he does such a good job retaliating, drops an F-bomb. He, you don't need that to get attention for John Moxley, right? Like that whole segment, mm-hmm. that first bit where he lashes out at the fan could not have happened. And people still would have reacted the same way to this whole segment. I think, don't yeah. get me wrong, it added a little spice and gave us something to talk about, but it wasn't the whole story. So, yeah, like it could, if it had happened, yeah, it would have added a little spice to the segment. But honestly, I don't think the story would be any different. So I don't think AEW uh. would have done that. You know, cause you can kind of tell that Mox was kind of shocked and thrown off for a second for it. He was came pissed, off. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't planned. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was just really impressed because if it was me, I, I, I would have gotten rattled a little bit, but I thought he handled it really well. So that's why I just kind of had a curiosity that if that's what was said if it was planned a little bit. So no, I, I dig your points and appreciate you sorting that out. I suppose so, we'd be remi- we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up briefly uh bully Ray's bullshit where uh, he uh, said on busted open that he liked the segment, blah, blah, blah. He said some favorable things, but then said, if it were him, he'd uh, he kind of expected an apology to the fans for letting them down. And it's just a terrible take and a terrible take from kind of a uh, macho dude that clearly hasn't had to go through that himself. 
Um, you know, he's of that, he's of that toxic kind of rub a little dirt on it kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. Renee Paquette was very quick to lash out and say that that was, you know, did not agree with it. (laughs) Paige, Paige, like basically went even further. And she said something about this is why people like Devon better. Yeah. 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 And then there was others. Mick Foley joined in and said that that wasn't the right take and stuff. Now, of course, bully, because he's, he can be a dick, um, today, or no, I guess, to take it back to the uh G- the gcw thing there was a fuck bully ray chant yeah, that was great it was, that started it was off the mox it. match yep. and bully was commenting on it last night about how yeah, essentially he was playing it off as like heat and he was like enjoying it that's like no yeah, dude exactly. this is this is real life this isn't yep. heat dude you can't switch that on and off like a like a switch so uh yeah i don't know i'm i'm super I, i'm not surprised unfortunately by bully ray but i'm disappointed and it just makes yeah. it harder and harder for me to listen to busted open when he's on yeah, well, suggestion... it's gonna be interesting because Sorry, it's, well I'll, I'll let you go off this well it's gonna be interesting he didn't apologize today but thursday she does a segment so I'm, it's gonna be real Renee. interesting yeah yeah to see if he apologizes or just kind of brushes it off so go yeah. ahead matt sorry no that's fine i was just gonna add that bully ray's whole take to me feels like a writer at wwe scripting a baby face that (laughs) came back after an extended stay away like honestly like that sounds like something you would see on the kickoff to monday night raw when they do their 15 or 20 minute promo um it's just textbook terrible baby face booking so i i disagree with bully ray both in a kayfabe sense and a real life sense you know i something i can't remember if i said it to you guys all or just charlie today but bully's problem is that he vacillates between being an analyst and a pro wrestling heel but he yeah. blurs that line and it's like there's you know it's like i mean it's like he conveniently tiptoes in and out of each and it's like you can't have it both ways you can't like just say the shit just to be a heel but then be taken seriously as an analyst and i think that was a perfect example made worse by him kind of laughing off the fuck bully ray chant it's like dude no that's not they're not like buying into your heel heat they think you're an asshole because yeah. <laughs> yep. you are sorry bully i know you're listening but to me needs to be said <laughs> i'll call i'll call in the bus it open tomorrow we'll call <laughs> tomorrow you got stroke man you can do that yeah totally yeah i don't listen to bust it open at all i i i just don't want to oversaturate our conversations with it if we all wait on in, yeah, in on it on this uh, thing. So I I have no clue, but I love listening to see your takes on it. And if you have uh, opinions, please write to us at Keep the Kayfabe um, on Instagram and Facebook, or Keep the Kayfabe four one four at gmail dot com. So Matt, you mentioned some shoddy writing at WWE. What about this shoddy name change for one of their biggest stars, Walter? They actually give this guy a name of an actual Nazi in um, <laughs> World War II. <laughs> I mean, fuck. I mean, Walter, or if you're um, Nigel, uh, what's his last name? Nigel McGuinness? Yes. Yeah. Vol- Volta, um, which actually sounds better when it's pronounced yeah. with a V. But um, they changed Walter's name to Gunther Stark or Gunther Stark. Just I don't Gunther. Even know. I don't... Yeah, oh, Gunther, okay. And uh, further research shows that it was actually a Nazi submarine captain or something like that. I mean, did anybody check this? Do they have interns there that might have, you know, 
connected the dots a little bit. I mean, this was this was crazy. I mean, we just last week we talked about how tone deaf WWE was by naming uh, their Saudi Arabia show uh, the Elimina- Elimination Chamber show, and then they follow this up. I mean, you can't make this shit up. I mean, it's just crazy. It's just like <laughs> they really know how to feed, um, uh, you know, talk podcasts and internet websites about their bullshit. I, it almost seems on purpose at this point. It, it, to some degree, I would agree. I, I think that anytime I hear about something like this, I just think back to 1980s WWE and like, <laughs> what would Vince have done back then? This isn't too far off. Is it offensive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it would have been back then too. But at the same time, I could have seen him doing it back then. And I feel like it would have been perceived as being offensive then too. But I feel like it's something that people wouldn't have put it so much on the company for making a poor decision as much as thinking like, wow, this wrestler is really a Nazi. I hate them, right? (laughs) Like more of a kayfabe sense. Um, So, I mean, obviously things change with the times, but the fact that this is offensive does not. And, you know, you mentioned, Mike, do they have an intern checking this stuff? Well, I would say obviously not. But I don't even know that that's true. I almost wouldn't put it past Vince and the rest of the crew at WWE to go ahead with something like this anyway. Um, now, I mean, obviously, you know, I'll let you guys chime in and your thoughts on this as well. But the one other thing I did want to just add, stepping away from, you know, the history behind the name for a second is like why even change Walter's name at all to begin with? I mean, mm-hmm. he's got an established persona in the business and within years. NXT and NXT UK. He's been around for several years now with that brand. Because I didn't come up with the name, damn it! <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's it, that's almost what it's getting to be at this point, is if you don't have two names that sound like a 1980s action movie character, then you're doing something wrong. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. I, Yeah, I mean, I've said all I can say. I guess I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, exactly. It's just they I guess they yeah, they backed down from the uh, actually filing the trademark for Gunter Stark. But I mean, still, that that that's like icing on the cake at this point of like, yeah, the, the, the sure. I mean, Walter is just a presence onto himself. I mean, like you, you look at him in a picture and maybe you're like, ah, oh, he looks like a just kind of a big, like not that well-developed dude. But the, I mean, then you watch one match of his and you're sold because he's just amazing. It's like add him to the list of surefire talent that like, how could you screw up? But yet they'll probably do it. And they already did with his name change. And um, of course, like, you know, um, WWE employee um, hurricane Helms was quick to defend it as he does because yeah. he's, you know, he's a toady for his company, but uh, nobody else is <laughs> yeah, yeah. until they dump him. But uh yeah, it's just so gross at this point. I mean, yeah, you, you made me just think of random things in the history of wrestling when you said that about the 80s thing. It's like, and like, I don't know, I could go on a tangent. I don't know, maybe think of this. It really doesn't have to do with this. But in the 80s, uh, AWA, they had a wrestler named Colonel De Beers who was like, oh, pro- yeah, I remember him. You remember South he was African? Like, he was, his character was pro apartheid. And yeah. I could be wrong, but I think he actually used the N word a few times. Okay. And then, and then like late in his career, he turned good and joined with like Iceman Parson or somebody. I don't know. But I it's think like, so. I remember. I kind of remember. Yeah. You just kind of look at where wrestling's come and it's like, but WWE hasn't evolved. Where they we're going to go like, back. We're yeah. going to go get a you know we're gonna take a nazi name and put it on an austrian dude it's but uh it'll work yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's it's just crazy. And I mean, I didn't even it didn't even dawn at me at the time because I think Charlie shot it out on the group thread right away about Walter's name change. And then it took me a day or two to be like, yo, this is a guy who leads a faction called Imperium. Yeah, which is kind of sketchy. Germ- German and Italian dude. Yeah, let's just get a Japanese like, guy on there and call him the Axis powers. Now, Honestly, now before, before Gunther had his name changed. Before Gunther had his name change, I even used to think, ah, they're cutting it kind of close here with the, the name of the faction and just yeah, the oh, guys totally, the and, and they're like, this is doing like military the shit, with their hands behind their head, yeah. their back, and yeah, yeah. very, it's very Nazi-ish. Well, and then you put you if uh, what's his name that overly uh, tanned referee that's all about QAnon, if he like refed all the matches and like won him for Walter or something, that would just be icing on the cake. Oh. Now I will say, far be it Drake for me or to whatever his name is. Yeah, it, uh, Ma- yeah, Drake Maverick or no, not Drake Maverick. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is Drake something. Yeah, Drake something. Yeah, I will say in slight defense of WWE, at least on that last point, this Imperium thing might be under a different name, but those guys, those same dudes, um, okay, had that personality or that that group before wwe i think it was called oh, like they ring, did? ring comp for something like oh, that really? but uh, they, that. they actually nice. had that same group they just but they were renamed imperium and nxt yeah. uk so okay. uh so you know they didn't come up with that mm. so they, interesting they're, they're nazi sympathizers themselves so they, <laughs> came, they, came their, they came up with their own nazi gimmick well, it's a good way to get in with the company if they're going door to door. Oh, uh, pitching, yeah, <laughs> pitching yeah. shit. You're like, hey, if you if you want if you want to sell yourself to some seventy year old white men, you come up with a good Nazi gimmick. They, uh, you know, they kind of that's think good that shit. Right? So they'll, they'll yeah, believe. They'll be like, oh, that's good. Those were the good old days. <laughs> you can use the N word all you wanted. Women didn't vote. Yeah, yeah I just looked I just looked it up. I'm I'm proud of my memory. In 19 nice. from 20 from 2016 to 2019, Walter and Barthel, who is also I think in the group now, uh Timothy Thatcher, a couple other guys were part of this group called Ring Kampf. And uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. My my Kampf. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's all, Exactly. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> it's, it's already pushing the limit. Oh Jesus dear. Christ. Oh god. And there you have it. Love it. Yep. You get all kinds of great tidbits from the boys here on Keep the K Fake. Yeah, that's because we're woke, bro. Incomp, <laughs> dude. Oh, yeah. Timothy, Timothy Thatcher was in it. Yeah. Because I guess they're like, all good technical that's, workers. That's too. my role on this uh this podcast to pull out the random trivia. I don't even know how I knew that. Yep. That's why you get the big checks. Speaking of big <laughs> checks. Uh, we had a big, big match over at AEW Dynamite. It was between Adam Cole and Britt Baker versus Orange Cassidy and our cosmic, beautiful superstar, Chris Statlander. She was looking hot. I'm just yep. going to say it. With the Chef's stuff, kiss. She's got a thing. I'll second she's that. Got a thing. I'll second yeah. that. Yeah. She's a stallion. Um, she's looking jacked. It was a great match. Steve, I know you wanted to weigh on this first, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. What did you think of this match? Bro? Yeah, you know, I always have mixed feelings about mixed tag matches just because the premise is kind of corny because, <laughs> you know, you got to do the double tag and all that. So it kind of takes a little bit of the spontaneity. In fact, I even had the laugh because they were doing this the moment where both people were crawling to their corner to get the tag. And it's like, 
only one of them needed to do that because then the other yeah, exactly. one automatically had to go. Gotta go. So it's gone anyway. It just blows the logic. Yeah. Yeah, it did. But it, but I guess so the good. point of the, the what was nice about this match is it was so good that that stuff didn't bother you any. And I just think yeah, it was really a good match. I mean, I love the interplay. I thought I love the interplay between all four people. There were some really good moves, and I mean, you could kind of see when they set up that ending. You could kind of see it a mile away, but it was still a really nice way to have Adam Cole just kind of snap and get pissed because, uh, you know, he didn't really put Britt through the table himself, but you know, you can see how a heels logic would be like, he did that on purpose. And then, um, yeah, it's just, um, I don't know. I think, um, I didn't need to see, I didn't think I needed to see, uh, Adam Cole and Britt Baker together on screen, but after that match, it's working. It's like, it's just fun. Cause like, they're just strong personalities that are all kind of melding together. This whole feud seemed a little tepid at first of uh, Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy, but now it's really, I mean, this match on Wednesday is probably going to be outstanding. Yeah. There's oh, not a lot good. I can yeah, add oh, yeah. to that. It's um, the only thing I'll say is it, I totally agree with Steve, what you're saying. I didn't know that I wanted to see Britt Baker and Adam Cole tag together, but I'm really glad we are seeing it. I think there's been situations in the past, particularly in WWE, where they'll pair real life couples together and it's just for one reason or another nine times out of ten does not work out well i think the biggest example of that being becky lynch and seth rollins just absolutely was a terrible pairing on screen it um, actually made both of them look worse yeah it didn't yeah. nobody got over in that situation whereas i think in this um the moment brick came out uh, i think it was two weeks ago on dynamite I, with the members of the super elite it totally made sense um just felt right this match i think they played off each other really well i mean as well as you can in a mixed tag match like you guys just said so yeah i I really like the match i thought it was structured really well some really hard-hitting spots um the spot at the end where adam cole comes to Britt baker's rescue sort of but not really until he wins the match yeah Uh, that was great yeah yeah it just shows you how slimy he is that he actually yeah yeah. Yeah, i thought that was he put the win over being concerned for his his girlfriend i I noticed that yeah (laughs) i forgot about that good call so yeah yeah, i i I think it's teeing up a lot of possibilities um this match this lights out match this next week that we're going to see on beach break between adam cole and orange cassidy I'm really looking forward to it. I love lights out matches. I love hardcore matches. Not the kind that GCW has, like Charlie was talking about earlier. Not to that level. Yeah, but um, really looking forward to this match. This mixed tag match, though, I I really enjoyed it. Well, on Dynamite also, we got Beach Break coming up, boys, like you just Uh mentioned. Cody Rhodes had a pretty good promo where we've been kind of dogging the boy for a long time. We're very confused. Maybe we're overthinking it. But Cody kind of revealed that, you know what, he just kind of spelled it out for everybody to kind of, I don't know, iron out all the uh, wrinkles in his character and where his direction is going. We saw that he's just going to, you know, do his thing. He's he's not going to play any games with us, but he has this amazing match coming up with Sammy Guevara in a undisputed, basically, TNT TV champion coming up this Wednesday that is going to be amazing in Cleveland, Ohio. I can't wait for it, to be quite honest with you. It's going to be a great match, but um, uh, the promo itself, uh, I know we wanted to touch on particularly. Steve, did you want to get any details about your feelings on that? No, I just thought, yeah, it's, I, I would agree with that. The kind of the journey we've all taken where 
I think more often than not, I've sort of been convinced that Cody like knows well what he's doing, but he's been doing such a good job of this. There are even some weeks where I'm like, I don't know. I think he might actually not be self-aware, but Mm -hmm. I am, you know, the last month I've been more convinced than ever. He knows full well what he's doing. He had that crowd in the palm of his hand. He came out and they were booing him. Then he started dropping select lines and midway through, he had them cheering for him. It's like, Mm. it's like a puppeteer. It's I mean, and of course he said something like, I'm never going to turn heel. Well, if you were a heel that was trying to convince the world, you're not a heel. That's exactly what you'd say that you're not a yeah, heel. Exactly. So it's like it's just perfect because um, he's clearly not a goody two shoes, and mm-hmm. maybe we'll never get the overt like heel move where he like you know beats up Arn Anderson or something. But he is clearly straddling that line. He's probably going to cross some lines in his Sammy Guevara match because everybody loves Sammy or m- most people do. Um, I don't know. I just I thought like. When that dude is on, he is actually he's one of the better promos in wrestling. And um, I just yeah. thought that that promo was really good. I agree. Mm-hmm. He's definitely one of the better promos in wrestling. I, I personally, I thought it was a really good promo. I felt really fired up afterwards, which is usually a good sign. But thinking back on it, I, I could not tell you what the heck he was talking about. He talked about yeah, so many different rambling, things. Dude. Yeah, it yeah, was rambling, dude. Yeah, he was. But he was all, and it went too long, a little bit too long. Yeah, I, I would say by the end he was starting to lose me a little bit um just because there was so many different topics different names he put some people over he buried some things yeah he was bringing up all sorts of stuff like jay lethal he brought up yeah he was kind of going yeah yeah and and you wonder is he trying to get a a feel from the crowd as to maybe what program he should go into next just by judging based on their reactions to all different things that's my best guess as far as why he delivered the promo he did but at the same time it did get me kind of fired up afterwards so I am looking forward to the match between him and Sammy Guevara. I, I don't think the build beyond this promo has been all that robust, um, but I'm sure the match is going to deliver on the night. And if the signs of Cody actually turning heel, even though he says he's not going to turn heel, if all that continues to play out the way it is, I think we might see some major developments in that match between those two. I mean, this is off topic, but I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of over the um, Cody thing but i'm but with what's going on with uh sammy and ty conti i i want cody to win i'm so yeah i saw i'm just so tired of sammy and ty and i saw a thing today or yes i can't remember but they're doing some tiktok dance with Mm. ty's mom or grandma and Mm cole and sammy has to come over and give her a kiss i'm just like Mm -hmm. god i'm so tired you're just acting like a bunch of teenagers yeah i'm just like it's it's like grow up I, i want cody to win I do too. There's yeah. nobody sicker about it, Charlie, than your than me. Uh, quite frankly, you know, I've expressed my love for Ty Conti, and just seeing this is just I, really um, I'm off you know, got Ty- me in uh, all sorts of dire straits. Well, thoughts and prayers. Ty Conti trained, dude. I'm I'm off of it. Yeah, isn't that sad? You, it's sad I moved because on, dude. I moved both on. of them are both of them are such good talents and it's like that just sort of like nauseating crap they're doing it's like what a turn off and i imagine we're not the only ones like that are oh, like kind of sure. like so um more. what i'm wondering is yeah yeah <clears throat> to kind of take it to the predictions i think cody's gonna win what i'm curious about is how like is he gonna pull shenanigans 
you still got Miro out there who got beat by Sammy and is promising this big return better than ever. Maybe with his wife, maybe not this Miro get involved somehow. I don't know, but I think this is going to be wild and there's going to be some crazy shit that happens, but I do expect Cody to come out the reunified champion. Yeah. Yeah. Sammy, um, Sammy needs to cool it a little bit, come (laughs) down to earth a little bit. Uh, I mean, Oh, he will. Oh, he will. When there's cheating that goes on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ty Connie, the kind of the thing that kind of reeled you into her is kind of like she had this adolescent uh, naiveness to her, like this love of life. But now when she's got a boyfriend, it's sickening. It magnifies <laughs> it a little bit more. It is. And I'm not into it. <laughs> she's better solo. She's a better solo act than with a partner. I'll just I'll just keep on doing her. I wish she was gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just keep ogling her tag partner who, who, who quitted herself well on Friday. She did. Anna yes. Jay. Right. Yeah. I still got to get caught up on Rampage, actually. So awesome. Yeah, we don't have to touch on it because, well, I mean, you didn't you didn't say you didn't watch it, but I will say no shout out. Like, I know maybe I've been the most biggest apologist about uh, Jay, uh, Jade Cargill. I will say simply that that match with her and Anna Jay was really good. And I thought, like, I don't know, maybe that's kudos to Anna Jay that despite being really young, she carried a match. but it didn't have that clumsiness or, you know, lameness that the Jade Cargill match with Ruby Soho did and all that. Um, it actually was, it played to people's strengths. I thought it was a good match. Totally. It, it You're totally right, Steve. And it didn't telegraph anything. I, I think that's the biggest tell with a lot of Jade's matches is even if the other person's carrying the match, Jade still has to be the one taking the moves. And I think more often than not, we've seen, her hesitate or the other person you know kind of pause like hey you ready for this and we didn't see any of that in this match so i i don't know what happened between jay cargill's last match and this match but man what an improvement it was really i was really glad to see it too i've not been a big fan of jay cargill solely because of the match quality but seeing her put on a halfway decent match has really given me some hope nice well i hope to get caught up on AEW Rampage before we hit see Beach Break this coming Wednesday. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. And uh, speaking of great things, uh, we're getting back uh, to the bottom of the show here, but it doesn't mean we don't have a great promo of the week. And this one comes from Jorge from New Mexico <laughs> with um, Royal Rumble upon us. He submitted one of the best promos of all time. It's the 30th anniversary of Ric Flair winning the Royal Rumble. In 1992, he's with Bobby the Brain Heenum and Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hang, and Mean Gene Oakland. So, Jorge, thanks for the submission. We had a lot of great submissions this week. I don't want to um, butt in line, but just with the timing of the Royal Rumble upon us, we're going to go with Jorge. But yep, if you want to my- submit... You- Jorge is my close personal friend that actually like submitted that. So it's not just uh, people that know Mike or people that have called in randomly, but uh, this is somebody that I know that said, Hey, can you get this one on there? It's the anniversary. So it's exciting. Fucking A. Muchas gracias, amigo. All right, let's run it. Ric Flair at the Royal Rumble. By virtue of winning the Royal Rumble, we have a brand new World Wrestling Federation champion as the press watches on at this time to present the title belt to the new champion, our president, the distinguished Jack Tunney. Congratulations, Ric Flair, on becoming the undisputed champion of the World Wrestling Federation. Let me just say, after view distorting the belt 
They're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one when you are the king of the WWE. You rule the world. Think about it like that, Mr. Perfect. Guys, the brain. Woo! 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 Let's give a big one! Woo! You get it. I was never so impressed with anything I've ever seen in all my life. He went out there for over 60 minutes, never took a back step, took it to Hogan, took it to The Undertaker, took it to whoever got in that ring. That's why he is, hey, Bobby called now, we're the real world heavyweight champion. We're not the kind of guys to say, we told you so, but we told you so. <laughs> okay, very good. Rick Flair, you have made world, put that cigarette out. You have made World Wrestling Federation history here tonight. It's the greatest moment of my life. I want to jump. I want to party. But I got to tell you like this. For the Hulk Hogan's and the Macho Man's and the Pipers and the Sids. Now it's Ric Flair. And you all pay homage to the man. Woo! <laughs> I love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up. We hope you have enjoyed your Royal Rumble. All right, there you have it. One of the best promos of all time. Thank you so much, Jorge, down in New Mexico, submitting that. Fucking Ric Flair doing his thing when... Um... With a tear in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, man. Yeah, well, you know, Rick's bringing a lot of tears to eyes lately. Yeah, I know, for uh, wrong reasons uh. now. <laughs> yeah, so we gotta, we gotta, you know, we'll try to shine a little light on him. We kind of dog him a lot in this podcast. I don't know. If it's right or wrong, but you know, Jorge, it's right. if you want to, if you want to fucking, uh, you know, phone in your, your promo of the week, we're gonna play it because we give the people what we want here on Keep the Kayfabe. And if you want to give us your favorite promo, you can write to us at Keep the Kayfabe 414 at gmail.com or send us a note on Facebook and Instagram at Keep the Kayfabe. So, yeah, it's been a great show, boys, and Beach Break is coming out. Um, I mean, Sammy's already at the beach uh, down in Brazil with Ty Conti. I want to puke. Um, but, you know, the, that fucking guy, he's doing three things. He is keeping the Triple H, I got to say. He's, I don't know if he's staying humble, but goddamn is he hungry. And I know for a <laughs> fact he is staying hard. Triple H, he's Woo. definitely staying hard. <laughs> yep. Fuck you, Sammy. Oh, he'll get his. A singer in a smoky room A smell of wine and cheap perfume For a smile they can share the night It goes on and on and on and on Strangers